Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. If you live in North America, you've probably seen a Virginia opossum, a classification Dedelphus virginiana. Maybe the unfortunate creature was dead on the road, or maybe it was very much alive on your porch, eating garbage in the middle of the night. But in either case, you might have thought, oh, gross, a possum. But you would have been off base on several counts. First of all, possums live in Australia and are also a marsupial, which means they raise their young in a pouch like a kangaroo, but they're a completely different species than the animal currently snuggling with a half-eaten bag of Doritos at the bottom of a curbside trash can in North Carolina, which is correctly an opossum. We spoke with Richard Otzfeld, senior scientist at the Cary Institute of Ecosystem Studies in Millbrook, New York. He said, folks get very confused about this. I've had people tell me triumphantly that they discovered building plans for possum nest boxes and that they planned to install dozens of them to encourage opossums to multiply on their property. But when I looked up the plans, they were designed for brush-tailed possums in Australia, completely useless for opossums in North America. So, with that part settled, opossums aren't that gross, even if they wouldn't mind taking that moldy pad tie from the back of your refrigerator off of your hands. They may look a little creepy, what with that long, hairless, prehensile tail, the mouthful of haphazard teeth, and the beady eyes. But opossums are the fastidiously groomed and most likely disease-free wildlife heroes of your neighborhood. It's a common misconception, possibly prompted by their bumbling swagger, that opossums often carry rabies or distemper. In fact, they rarely get these diseases because their body temperature is too low to make them susceptible— Not only do opossums not carry these diseases, the presence of an opossum in your yard is your best bet for combating Lyme disease. A 2009 study explored whether black-legged ticks, the disease vector for Lyme disease, might be regulated by wildlife that they parasitize. Of 15 forest-dwelling mammals and ground-nesting birds, opossums were the only ones to destroy the vast majority of all of the black-legged ticks that tried to feed on them, over 95%. Ostfeld, who co-authored the study, said, Our calculations indicated that a single opossum is capable of killing several thousand larval ticks per week during the late summer peak. We also know that, of those ticks that do successfully feed on an opossum, only a small fraction will become infected with the Lyme disease bacterium. So, opossums are protective in two ways, killing ticks and preventing infection. A study by the same research team published in July of 2018 in the journal Ecology found that tick-borne disease risk was reduced in areas where opossums were present. For an animal that does more than its fair share of hobbling into traffic and is known for flopping over like a corpse at the merest whiff of danger, opossums are perhaps surprisingly intelligent. Uh, To begin with, weak eyesight and a nocturnal nature both contribute to the fact that you're probably more familiar with the sight of a dead opossum than a live one. In addition, their primary defense mechanism, playing dead, is almost entirely involuntary, a reaction to extreme stress that leaves the opossum in a coma for a few minutes to a couple of hours. And a comatose opossum can take a beating that would kill other animals their size. This, then, is a great strategy if your mortal enemy is a bear, but not so great if it's a Toyota. So if, for example, your dog corners an opossum one night in the backyard, don't worry— The opossum may hiss and show its teeth in an attempt to look scary because it's frightened, but the last thing it wants is to tangle with your four-legged friend. It will invariably lay down and play dead until the threat gets bored and passes. Opossums are non-aggressive, docile creatures, far more afraid than they are to be feared. And they're also fastidiously clean. 
Like cats, opossums are constantly grooming themselves with their paws and tongue, partly in order to make sure they're parasite-free, but also to keep themselves cool. They lack sweat glands, so grooming is like opossum air conditioning. And they do it to keep themselves smelling like, well, nothing. As we've established, opossums aren't great at protecting themselves in a standoff with a predator, so it behooves them to stay odor-neutral. Part of the reason opossums have the reputation for being smelly has to do with one other defense mechanism, the smell of death. Once an opossum goes into its theatrical coma, if a predator continues to mess with it, the opossum may excrete a smelly mucus from glands in its anus. This is meant to signal, hey, this opossum is definitely dead, and possibly so entirely dead that it'll make you sorry you ate it. Speaking of, opossums are really smart about what they eat, because it turns out they have great memories. Once an opossum tastes a chemical that doesn't agree with it, it will remember and avoid the smell of it for a year afterwards— Though opossums are immune to some things that would poison other mammals, including most snake venoms. Opossums are biologically fascinating, which led to some mm, confusion among early Europeans in the New World. Their story was the male opossum mated through the female opossum's snout, which led to her sneezing out her babies into her marsupial pouch. Of course, this is not scientifically accurate, but opossums definitely do things a little differently. First of all, a male opossum has a forked penis, but it's not meant for the female's nostrils. Female opossums have a double vagina and twin uteri. Opossum embryos develop for about 13 days until they're large enough to migrate down the birth canal and emerge, about the size of houseflies, to continue developing in the mother's pouch. Although dozens of them will be born, the mother only has 13 teats, so that's probably how many will be able to survive into adulthood. Today's episode was written by Jessalyn Shields and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other animal tales, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.